This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Tuesday, July 3rd, 2018. My guest is Ed Big of USC Today. Hi, Ed. How are you? Hi there. I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty damn awesome. I'm really glad you're on. This is cool. We've been trying to get this to work for a while, so I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, we got a bunch of stuff that came across in the news this week. Uh, the first kind of things is the uh, Moto event on August 2nd. I know we're both going, and we're not really sure what to expect. Um, what was your take on the invitation we got? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Motorola's been... Uh, obviously has a long history. And of course, we know these days they're owned by Lenovo, the Chinese company. And, you know, they've had a lot of devices through the years that I've liked. Uh, and yet they don't seem, certainly in the U.S., to be gaining much traction. You know, I talked to my editors about it and everybody knows the Motorola brand. But I don't get a sense, and maybe you, maybe you talk to different people than I do, that there's a great deal of excitement about it and that's too bad because i like motor i like the people i like many of the devices they've had through the years they've certainly tried things you know with the moto mods those snap-on accessories you know that turn your phone into a projector or better speaker or what have you um so i'm very curious to see what they end up doing i'd like to see them be successful because frankly i root for a lot of these guys you know it's an apple samsung world yeah. and, and yeah. i like to see some of these other companies uh you know make 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 their mark i mean i think you know when i talk to tech bloggers of the you know the virgin gadget all those folks that right. are friends of mine the the general vibe is that we are very fond of moto yes uh, whether they're you know pre or post lenovo or pre or post google even um just because they you know they make really great phones for the money yes some of them are misses i don't feel their flagships are really being great in the last few years but I feel that their mid-rangers and, and kind of lower mid-rangers have been very solid. And I just reviewed the Moto G6 not too long ago right? for Geekspin, which is a small tech publication uh, that my friend Elena started. Uh, she uh, used to run Chip Chick in, back in the day. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, I, I tried to find things I hated about this phone for $250. <laughs> I, I just couldn't. This is such a great package. So... You know, the Moto Z3 Play just landed in my uh, inbox this morning. I did an unboxing. And that's also another f phone I've been pretty fond of, the Z Play series. Not the high-end Z, but the Z Play. Right. Um, because for the, you know, it, it brings that kind of flagship type features at a lower price. And it's just really delightful. I think Moto's had this really great software experience for quite a while and made great hardware. But... You know, you're right. It's hard to get excited. I think it's hard to get the general public excited about Moto these days. Exactly. And, you know, and, and maybe we're being unfair. I mean, I say we, you know, certainly we in the media look at Apple. We look at Samsung for obvious reasons. Um, right. And then you look at all these other devices and you say, you know what? It's a pretty nice phone. It has a good battery. It has a good camera, what have you. Um but you want to say something else. You want to say more. And again, I brought up the Moto Mods. At least they were trying to do something different. Now, I don't get a sense that they've been, you know, monster success with them. But they tried. You know, give them credit for trying. Now, at some point, you got to get beyond trying and really deliver, deliver something to the market. And you're right. right. And you're right. They have nice devices for a pretty good price. But they're not going to get anybody super excited. So are we excited about the Chicago event? I guess my answer is I don't know that I'm excited going in, but I want to <laughs> I want to be wowed. I want to be I yeah, want to be, be excited. excited coming I want out. them to surprise me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So there's two things this could be, right? Like we don't know. Um, obviously, we still are looking for Z3 Force or Z3 flagship this right. year, right? Uh, because the Z3 Play is now out, but. There's also all these rumors, which I'll link in the show notes, of this Moto One and Moto One Force. Um, which are supposedly flagship-like devices potentially running Android 1 and potentially, I mean, from the leaks, looking like iPhone clones. Yeah, and that's another thing. Of course, you know, guess what? An iPhone clone. Where have we seen that before? You know, OnePlus yeah. has done that. Other companies Everyone. have done that. Right, exactly. <laughs> 
Exactly. Um, is that enough? Is it a me? Oh, yeah, I look like an iPhone. I have decent specs. Uh, I'm going to be cheaper. Is that enough? Is I'm, I'm hoping there's some catch, right? Right. I'm hope exactly. I hope like there's something in there that that kind of makes us go, oh, okay, that's refreshing. The other thing um, I wonder about is, um, are we going to hear? You know, we're 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 going to start to hear certainly in the months ahead, and we've already heard a, a lot of hype about it. Five G. Are they going to do anything early with five G? Do you think? Right. So that was the other thing I was thinking of because it's been we've seen leaks and rumors in like a few months ago of a five G mod. Yes. So I'm wondering, you know, and Verizon finally uh, is bringing five G at least for fixed service, like uh, con you know, home connect, home level connection. Right. In some markets, they've already inaugurated that service. Um, so is this the beginning of mobile five G service from Verizon? Maybe uh, partnering with Moto. And maybe they're going to launch a bunch of stuff. Maybe we're going to see the Moto 1, and maybe the Moto 1 will be a mid-range-ish phone, which they're very good at doing, as you know, that yes. kind of clones the iPhone in terms of hardware at a lower price and gives us this wonderful pure Android 1 experience. And that'll be one thing. And then at the same time, maybe they'll launch the Moto 3, uh, Z3 Force, which will be their flagship, and which will come optionally with a Moto mod that supports 5g on verizon i mean if they did all that I mean, i'm completely speculating this is out of you know yeah off the top of my head but that to me would make the event worthwhile right i agree with you and uh, of course you know what good is a 5g uh module or mod without a 5g network now now as you mentioned there are you know we're starting to see pockets testing pilots whatever you want to call them i think 5g is still largely a 2019 and beyond story for uh, sure. Uh, you know, but somebody's going to be first, right? Right. But somebody's somebody's going to be, be like bragging rights. Yeah, I remember talking to Motorola, not at this past uh, Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, the big trade show in Barcelona, but a year ago, I remember talking to Motorola and they said, we're going to be first with 5G. Well, okay, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is, I'm, I'm stoked. And they're actually taking me out there to, to uh, Chicago, which is really lovely of them. I, Good time I'm of year to be in Chicago, too. Yeah, I love Chicago. I've been in such a long time. So I'm really looking forward to it. And then, of course, I mentioned this on the podcast last week really briefly with Jason Cipriani of ZDNet. We didn't get a chance to get in the details, so maybe you and I can talk a little bit more in depth. Um, the one, uh, the Galaxy Note 9 is slated to launch on August 9th in New York City, so a week later. Yep. Um, and so what are your expectations on that? Well, you know, you talk about Samsung and the S9, uh, you know, I expect it to be a Samsung flagship phone. Now, what does that right. mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the latest specs you would expect. Again, I'm not expecting that this is going to be... Revolutionary. Right. I mean, the, S, the S9 wasn't really revolutionary. No, no. It was extremely good and yeah. very evolutionary, but... What did it really need more? No, I'm not probably, sure it did. Probably not. And I, I don't know that we're going to see more than an evolutionary, adva evolutionary advance, you know, in August at this, uh, at the Samsung event, you know, people are waiting for this. And I, I think we're going to talk about this, this sort of, you know, the, the, the flexible display phones and all that. Yeah, Samsung's yeah. been rumored to, to, you know, have that in the works. I don't think we're going to see that in August. Um, and if that's true, then it'll, I'm sure it'll be a very nice addition to the galaxy family, but can we say any more than it will be a very nice addition to the galaxy family? I don't know. I don't know either. So, so I want to give you, give my listeners a bit of context here. So obviously last night, last week we mentioned to you guys that, well, note nine invites went out. So New York City, August 9th. But what does that really mean? So a tidbit of rumor that was uh, kind of came out yesterday or today was that the, the Galaxy Tab S4, the next generation of the iPad competitor from Samsung, for lack of a better description, uh, should be launching at IFA. And uh, we haven't had a, a, a new tab since the Tab S3, which came out at Mobile Congress 2017. Right. So it's been a while. And uh, the leaks, the rumors are that it has very little bezel, uh, which, you know, so bigger screen, the same physical form factor, which, as we know, Apple did with the latest iPod, iPad Pro. And the other thing was that there's rumors of an under-the-display fingerprint reader. Yeah. And so 
to me, here's kind of what I'm expecting from the Galaxy S9. Sorry, the the Note 9, no, Galaxy Note yeah. 9. I'm expecting an under-the-screen fingerprint reader, and I'm expecting a triple camera system, three lenses in the back for whatever reason. Uh, it's probably not the same implementation as what Huawei's done with the P20 Pro, which is a phenomenal camera phone. But um, I think, you know, Samsung has had pretty solid performance in camera for a long time now. They're at the top of the heap, so... This, you know, like the Note 8 last year introduced the dual camera and the telephoto with OIS, I think this is maybe going to add a wide angle like uh, LG does. So you have three choices of, of angles. You can have a regular, a wide, or a tele. Um, that, to me, would be a really good combo. Nobody's really done that yet. So, yep. you know, I'd love to see that. I think we're going to see a bitter, a possibly slightly bigger, better, even nicer uh, OLED curved OLED display, we're going to see a, an S Pen, um, you know, and then again, I think the, but I think those are the things I'm expecting. We're going to see uh, uh, under the display fingerprint, uh, and then we're going to see a triple camera. If, if we don't get those, it's going to be very boring. I mean, yeah. not boring because, you know, I mean, it's going to be an update over last year's, but but how much of an update, right? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the and the, uh, the under display fingerprint sensor is interesting. You know, we've seen, I guess, Vivo try that with the, uh, the NX. Yeah, they've done it on a few phones now. And yeah. It's getting every phone is getting slightly better, which is crazy because they've all come out like weeks apart. So yes. it's like, wow. I mean, they're really iterating rapidly, right? Right, and uh, and and I, I like to see that. Again, I mentioned earlier the Moto Mods. At least they're trying something different. Well, here's something different. You know, we've seen the the uh, phones now, uh, Vivo again with the sort of pop-up selfie camera. We have Oppo with what they're doing with their kind of motorized, you know, camera. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think those are really cool. Like, I'm loving that we're seeing some wacky form factors again, despite the fact that I have all kinds of questions and red flags <laughs> with that, right? And you too, right? I Absolutely. Mean, waterproofing doesn't happen in this case anymore. Reliability long term, especially when you unlock, you have to raise that camera module every time. It's ballsy of them, right? I mean, Oppo has a good reputation. They don't want to destroy their reputation. When they come out with a flagship, which isn't very often because they're king of mid-range, they are putting the reputation on the line. So I'm pretty sure they've done them homework to make this phone pretty bulletproof. And I, it's supposed to come to North America. We're talking about the Find X, by the way, folks. Yes. Yeah. I, I have not seen the phone yet. So I have to preface it by saying that I've seen some video of it on, on, on the web and such. Yeah, I'm the same it. boat as you. I haven't touched one yet. So but. I'm at a little disadvantage that way. But again, uh, you know, your term ballsy, I think, is, is a good one here. Um, I like to see companies take chances. And, and having said that, I'm probably going to contradict myself because remember, <laughs> remember a few years ago, you know, Samsung every year, would, every year, they'd bring out their Galaxy, some of the early Galaxies, and every year they'd pile on all these features. You know, it was almost, yep. I think I called them like parlor tricks. They look good in a demo. You can maybe, you know, impress your friends for a day or so. And then it's like you never use them. And then a couple of years later, they sort of pulled back and they, they said, you know, they did what I would say was the right thing and pulled off and introduced less features. Well, this is a long-winded way of saying, on the one hand, I'm calling for all these companies to take chances, you know, put in a few parlor tricks. But at the same time, if they don't work right, or if, again, it makes a nice demo, but we'll never use them, what good are they? So I'm sort of talking out of both sides of my mouth here. I like, <laughs> I like the innovation, but I want to see what really ultimately sticks. Yeah, I mean, look, it's ultimately an interim. It's like the notch, right? The, the ultimate yeah. goal is we're going to have a full screen phone. There's no bezel and it's got a speaker and a camera. The camera gets its its image through the screen. The speaker is the screen like the Vivo has. Uh, the Vivo Next, I believe, has um, the whole screen vibrates as a speaker. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, eventually that's where we're going. There's that's where the that's where the puck is going. Right. That's where we're skating towards. Yes. But at the same time, we can't get there quite yet. And so there's all this. It's really fascinating to me that there's all this interim stuff and and the notch for better or for worse. I feel that now that you can turn it off in software on most Android phones, at least, and have it just be a status indicator and have it blend nicely up there is actually a pretty good solution because it still gives you more screen real estate. And I'm all for more screen real estate. I saw somebody on Twitter yesterday bitch about 
You know, why are they making these, like some the rumors of the new iPhones coming out with larger screens? Why are they making iPhones with bigger screens? I, I don't want these big phones. They're too big to hold. And they're missing the point because the chassis is not getting bigger. If anything, the chassis are getting smaller right. and these screens are getting massive and you can get so much more done. It is so delightful to have a large screen. I'm sorry to say, I, I don't, <laughs> maybe people don't use their phones enough to really get this. I don't get it. Ed. I don't know. I'm with you. I'm a large screen guy um, and I'm completely with you on that uh, you know the times I pick up small screens now it's like oh so frustrating and, but there are people who you know my wife likes a smaller screen so you know it's to each his own I'm glad there's choice out there Absolutely. And I mean, if you look at the Galaxy S9 non-plus, I think this is a phenomenal screen to size ratio. It fits so well in hand, yet it's such it's such ma massive screen real estate. And the iPhone 10 is the same. Yep. I think the iPhone 10 is is the kind of almost the perfect size. The 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 uh, what's it called? The 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 phone from Andy Rubin, the essential. Yep. The essential, if you hold one, it's perfect size and it's almost all screen. Too bad and to it wasn't me, an essential phone otherwise, but we can Well <laughs> right, it wasn't you know it had it had lots of issues. But I think look ultimately kudos for that's that form factor was great. And I actually would say that I would love to see from Apple or someone else maybe Samsung, maybe Sony, who's made a lot of high-end compact phones. I would love to see something in the chassis size of the iPhone SE yep. that has got the notch, that's got basically a full screen implementation uh, as best as we can do today. So a shrunken down iPhone 10 from Apple because there are so many Apple fans I mean, you know, I'm mostly an Android user, but I do have an iPhone 10 and I use iOS like you do. And my spouse is a huge uh, iPhone fan. And so, you know, they love the SC because it's it, they have small hands and it fits in their hand. Right. But they're also really annoyed with the screen real estate. They feel it's too small. So what we need is a phone that is about the same form factor but has basically a whole screen in the front. And if that happens, I think we're going to have a lot of Apple, happy Apple fans. And and I can understand that, you know, this person on this Twitter thread was complaining because they're saying, well, I'm, only, I'm not seeing the smaller form factors here. I'm only seeing the bigger ones. But at the same time, I think they're not realizing that the screen size doesn't dictate the size of the chassis as much anymore now, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, when the iPhone 10 came out, I was, like a lot of people, I was critical of the notch. It was like, I thought it was like a blemish. You know, here we are all these months later, and I've gotten used to it. And it's fine. It, and it's fine, and I really like the phone. So, uh, you know, yeah. bring them out. Yeah. <laughs> bring them on. Look, I'm, I mean, for now, I think it's a pretty reasonable interim solution. And then the other one that's I, honestly less reasonable and ballsy, as I said, and kind of interesting and really certainly puts, you know, things on their head, which is exactly what I think Android is all about, is uh, the, the, you know, the Vivo Nex and the Oppo Find X, because they're like, OK, we're just going to make the camera pop out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again... As I said, it's ballsy, but it's interesting. And interesting is good to a point as long as, again, you go beyond that parlor trick. You know, hey, look what yeah. I can do. Is it really a better experience? Maybe it will be. Again, I haven't used it, so I want to say I that. I mean, if, again, to me, the only thing they can miss out on here is reliability and the fact that it's not going to be able to be waterproof. Yeah. Um, but I think other than that, I mean, if they can pull off the reliability, I don't think this is a negative. I think this is a positive. I agree. You get that screen real estate and when you need the camera, it pops out and you take your selfie and you're done, you know? Yep. I'm with it's you okay. on that. I'm with you. I mean, but it's like, you know, my, my engineering background makes me cringe a little bit. Like, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> that's some serious, you know, reliability chops. But again, this is China, right? They have such manufacturing expertise at this point that I wouldn't put it past them to make a phone that does this reliably, even being dropped a few times for two or three years. And I also wonder, you know, again, we talked earlier about it being such an Apple Samsung world certainly true globally, but, but really true in the U.S. And I wonder when one of these companies that is doing innovative stuff, whether it's Oppo, whether it's, you know, you know, pick your companies, you know, some of the Chinese companies have gotten in trouble for other reasons, as we know, the government, you know, but yeah, yeah. separate from the whole Huawei debacle. Whole yeah. Huawei. I mean, look, it's such a disappointing because I just, you know, want to kind of I don't want to derail what you're saying. Just want to mention quickly. I was in Europe last week on Huawei's dime. They wine and dine us and showed us the Leica labs. And we got to see the factory because they have a relationship with Leica. 
And, you know, I've, I, I, everybody knows on this podcast from listening that I love the P20 Pro. It's a phenomenal phone. And I really regret we can't get in the US because we need that kind of competition. We need another player than Samsung and Apple here. And I think right now Huawei is really that player. That's the only other option. They are so on top of it in terms of hardware. The only thing that could be better is the software, but they're learning. And and frankly, you know, you're risking the thing with like Nova Launcher or something. And it's a phenomenal experience. And the camera is just to die for. It's really good. So, yes. you know, I just feel like this, this whole Huawei debacle is a really sad thing. Yeah, and uh, again, I'm, you know, are they spying on us? All the, the, you know, I did a story months back about that. They were, you know, depends who you talk to. There are people say, well, there really is something there or not. I don't know. But just in terms of the phone itself, it was a very nice phone. Not perfect, as you point out. Software had some issues. Uh, but they do make very nice devices. And I agree with you. I'm all for competition. And so I want to see where it comes. If it's not Apple, Samsung, where is it coming from? Maybe Moto. Maybe Moto will surprise Maybe us Moto. with this Moto One. Maybe Moto One will be a four hundred and fifty dollar or five hundred dollar flagship killer like the One Plus Six. You see, I'm segueing there. You see that? I very uh, nicely done. And, You've and, done this yeah, before. Yeah. I could tell. I know it's it's the thing. So uh, <laughs> so the Moto One. I mean, look, it, it probably will, it looks like an iPhone front and back, so it's probably gonna have a notch. But I'm wondering if we're gonna see an under display fingerprint reader, which has been a rumor for the for one of Moto's phones this year for a while now. So Let's see, but I'm 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 stoked. I want you know Lenovo is a Chinese company that owns Moto now, but Moto is is a quintessential American brand, yes. right? Yep. If they could come in, they, their carrier adoption would be really high. If they could surprise us with something really good, and I've been saying that the market in the U.S., at least in the early adopter niche, kind of um, tech savvy realm has been ripe for a disruptor to come in and dethrone OnePlus. I think potentially the Honor brand from Huawei could be that that could be that player because people don't associate Honor with Huawei. I mean we do because we know, but if if Honor made a, uh, an Android 1 phone instead of skinning the crap out of their phones, their their phones are awesome and they're affordable and feature full, they could compete with OnePlus easily. And you know OnePlus is killing it this time around with the OnePlus 6. I don't know if you've looked at the numbers, but it's it's amazing what they've done. And it's finally the first OnePlus phone in my opinion that I feel I could rock as a daily replacing my Pixel 2 XL that I don't feel like I'm sacrificing anything to use that phone. Yeah, and I, I have not played a, a ton with it. I've seen it, uh, and it does seem to be really, really nice. And I mean, they finally made a camera that works, you know, <laughs> which is like where you have to be to be in the flagship realm, and that's always been their, their weak spot. And right. everything else has always been really solid, but that was the one thing I was kind of waiting for. And so, um, yeah, I mean, what is your what is your take on, on OnePlus and their evolution and, and, you know, where they are today? I know you haven't had too much seat time with the OnePlus 6 specifically, but I'm sure you have some opinions. Well, I, I, I certainly, again, we talked earlier about, you know, making iPhone clones and they were one of the first, I don't know if they were, you know, we could say they're one of the first that really... At least sold that. in the I, US. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, I like that they've got a, the red one now. <laughs> Yeah, so that's so, the big news today. Yeah. Uh, I did an unboxing. Check it out. It'll be in the show notes. But the red is stunning. It's like a deep blood red that is like so many layers of like weird optics in the glass in the back that you feel like it's going one foot deeper than the phone. Like the color. It's insane. Yeah, and it's really funny. Beautiful. I'm sitting here and, uh, on my rather cluttered desk and I've got one of the red iPhones here. Um, so we've seen Apple, of course, do that. Um, but that makes a statement when you have that blood red, as you put it. <laughs> uh, again, OnePlus is, is, has made very nice devices. You're right about the camera. Uh, and uh, they've come in and undercut, again, the higher priced uh, you know, guys, Apple, Samsung. So yet another company that you know, people listening to this podcast probably know a lot about. Uh, and yeah. I think the mainstream USA Today reader, who I reach, I think more and more of them are hearing about OnePlus, you know, uh, and, and that's a good thing because, again, I'm all for competition. I'm all for choice. And these guys make a nice device. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty interesting to see how they've 
continue to they basically you know really start a niche and then they're kind of growing more mainstream now yes and and i mean you know within the unlocked world of phones right i mean this is still a very restricted uh a proposition but i think the interesting i think if next year's one plus whatever the next generation not the 6t whatever the refresh this year but right. the, the next year 2019 one plus seven brings if that supports verizon and sprint and by that point it might only need to support verizon because sprint might have been absorbed by t-mobile and they will have to uh, normalize into a gsm um, network uh, solution anyway so we won't have to worry about their specifics on the network side. If they can do that, that's, I think, to me, the biggest barrier of adoption in this in this market, right? There's a lot of really happy Verizon users out there, and they're getting really get great network performance for their money, and there's no doubt that's true. And so they can't use a OnePlus right now, right? Because it they would only get LTE. They won't be able to go legacy 2G, 3G, yep. uh, CDMA. And that's that's tragic you know um if they can address that i think it'd be harder it would be uh, you know it'd be harder for us to not say to a verizon user well have you checked out the OnePlus?" you know yeah. because right now we we just have to admit it right we can't even give them that option no and that's important and uh and i also wonder again we mentioned 5g uh you know are these guys become contenders when i say these guys i mean a lot of the the companies whether you know does 5G present an opportunity for companies beyond the big, you know, Apple and Samsung just because, you know, is that an approach that some of these companies might take? I'm not saying it's going to be one plus, but, you know, I'm just thinking out loud yeah. here. No, for sure. I mean, the thing is, again, I think a lot of the protectionism around Huawei, I mean, part of, part of it is our regime right now, but part of it is the fact that they are a leader in 5G, right? Along with Qualcomm. Yes. Huawei could be one of the first to pull off a 5G phone in this in the world right now. Um and you know, so but then again, Moto if Moto makes a 5G Moto Moto or phone, and you know, we're talking about really Lenovo, a heavily Chinese-owned company making a 5G phone. So where are the warning signs and the red flags and the rah 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 <laughs> and the America first and the you know, we are we're worried about, you know, because we're a bunch of xenophobes, we're gonna worry about the Chinese. You know, where is that gonna be? That's kind of my question. Well, it's a good question, so, but, uh, you know, without, without turning this into a political discussion, because uh, <laughs> we'll probably get in trouble, uh, I do think that, uh, you know, 5G is not just a tech, tech thing, right? It's a political thing. There's a whole backdrop to this story. And that's kind of why I brought it up. I mean, yeah. I'm not, again, I don't, this is not a political show, but people know where I lean on this show. It's just more that you're right. It's, this is not just about technology. This is really, this is the next thing. Like if whoever owns that pie, that piece of pie is going to be way ahead of everyone else. Correct. Correct. And that'll be something I'm sure we'll be talking about well into next year and, and certainly beyond that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think, um, I think, you know, I want to see some more disruption that that brings an, another player to the table, at least at the carrier level, that can you know play with Apple and Samsung on equal terms. And because we need more choice, and and so you know, let's see what happens. Hopefully, something will happen, and it you know who knows. As I said, Moto might surprise us, and who knows what OnePlus is going to do. As I said, Honor is. Um, pretty ripe to be um, a very successful brand in the u.s if they play their cards properly since they can't play the huawei brand card right um right but you know imagine an honor phone with a qualcomm processor in it you know at the same price point and design points that their existing phones are which are really affordable and really beautiful with um say android one on there like on uncluttered android like yep. uh, people would really be into that yep uh and and one plus would start really sweating because we're talking about a huge company here not like just some other bbk owned you know sister company <laughs> like oppo and vivo yeah so I, I don't know it's gonna be really interesting and then you know there's other players in that field that you know like question marks like sony has still has enough money they could come back if they really wanted to they have the brand equity they have the brand um, equity but it's been a very long time since they've made much of a shift sure. in this space and then there's Nokia, right? Nokia is making some pretty awesome Android phones. We're not seeing them in the U.S. yet. But if what if we do, right? Well, the question, you know, are we going to see a... Is, is nostalgia going to work? <laughs> you know, BlackBerry, uh, I know. Well, yeah. You know, oh, look at that. You segued from yeah, me. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm learning from you. Ed! I'm learning, yes. yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, the BlackBerry Key 2 is a really good example of that. I mean, what's your take on that kind of nostalgia thing? Let's maybe also talk about those Nokia phones, like the banana phone and the, <laughs> the 3310 and that. Like, what do you think? Is that just a gimmick at this point or what? Well, I think companies like that, you know, they have to try, so, you know, if they want to survive, they have to try something. Um, BlackBerry, it, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've written the, the, the story of BlackBerry, you know, the once dominant, you know, research in motion or RIM, uh, you know, falling on hard times. Now they're trying to, you know, stay relevant. Um, of course, now it's uh, it's not the BlackBerry, you know, BlackBerry. It's TCL, right? Exactly. TCL. Another China, right? Yeah, it's all China. <laughs> I mean, it's the same with Nokia. They're, they're HMD, which is, you know, a company based in Finland. But if you look at Waller Manufacturing and all their, their technical expertise is coming from China. Exactly. And it's funny, I ran into a guy I know um, uh, not super well, and uh, but he's a BlackBerry user from way back when. And he's almost apologetic that he still uses BlackBerry. You know, like he, he <laughs> looks sheepishly like, I really like my BlackBerry. I like that physical keyboard. And... There are those folks out there, obviously not in huge numbers, but I wonder, you know, is it possible, and I'm, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but is it possible that BlackBerry could reach some people, not, not, the, not the BlackBerry user of yesteryear who did like, you know, the physical keyboard and robust security and all the things BlackBerry was known for back in the day, but might any of today's users, even people who grew up with smartphones and touchscreens, are any of those people who are going to look at a BlackBerry and say, you know what, maybe there's something to this physical cue? You know, the younger people. I just I don't wonder. If... I don't know the answer. I, I think they, BlackBerry would love the answer to be yes. I just don't know that that's, there's enough of those people out there. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think the young ones are the audience. I mean, I'll tell you what I wrote in my review, which I'll put the link in the show notes. I mean, I meant we talked about this at length with Jason last week, but basically. My 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 subheader uh, headline was it's for the fans. Yeah, and because I really think that there are a lot of people who want a hardware keyboard out there that remember and really prefer that input method, and and the the key two delivers it delivers so well on that level, and and, and the key one did as well. Yes, and honestly, the key one. You know, I also mentioned in my review that these are not. Android phone made by BlackBerry. There are BlackBerry phones that happen to run Android. You know what I'm saying? Correct. They're really designed with that philosophy. They really feel like Blackberries. And a lot of people want that. And I think that's where they succeed in and, and really and really nail the experience. And you know, with all the privacy and security features and all that stuff and the hub and the DTEC. And but but where they fail or not fail, but come short is, you know, it's still a mid-range phone that has a so-so camera and a smallish display. And, and considering it's TCL who makes great displays because they're a TV manufacturer, it's, and they make their own displays in-house, it's kind of interesting that the display is kind of meh. Um, yeah. But, you know, you know, it has all the good things you want from BlackBerry, great battery life, all that keyboard, but it seems to fall short in other areas, and it still costs $650. At that point... You know, don't buy that phone just to be different. Like if you're a young one and you're like, oh, I want something different. Don't buy that phone because you're you for, for less money. You can buy one plus six with five hundred thirty dollars. Like that is such a better phone in every measurable way. But yeah. the key two is also not a bad phone. It's just expensive. It's, and I think it meets that meets it meets that niche, you know? Well, again, how many of those people are out there? I, I guess the fact that there's a Key two suggests that the key one did well enough, right? Which is a good, I think it's which is a good sold thing. like I think it sold like eight hundred million. Uh, sorry, eight hundred thousand to yeah, nine hundred thousand, okay. almost a million. It's not great. It's not great, but there's enough there. They're going to keep it going, and that's good. Um, I, I talked to BlackBerry, or I talked to you know TCL, and I'm told that the key one uh, and BlackBerry has been a has has added a positive contribution to the company. Now I'm not saying that necessarily means any profitability to speak of but they're hanging in there and i'm all I mean, for them hanging in there the the key one had received really good reviews because it was you know going back to through the form of blackberry um and i think the key two is in every way objectively a better phone than the key one but it's not receiving quite the same love because we feel it's too expensive and cuts too many corners at that price but you know, again, TCL is smart. The fans are going to spend the money no matter what. They want that hardware keyboard. Right. 
So perhaps that's not a bad strategy. Not. Yeah, but as know. long as you have modest expectations, you know. And I see they're not gonna they're not gonna tell us oh we're we're gonna you know unseat the iPhone or Samsung. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not gonna happen. But is it gonna keep? Are they in the ball? Let me put it this way: Can they stay in the ball game? Apparently so. I'm thinking, okay, there were talks, there were rumors, we were hinted, we got hints from, from TCLPR, actually, that there might be two BlackBerry phones with a keyboard this year. So they only can do one one thing here. They can go low-end, like BlackBerry Curve, right? Right. Or they can go high-end, Snapdragon 845, super high-quality camera, great display, like basically fix all the things we felt were a little middling on the Key 2. And sell it for eight hundred fifty or thousand dollars even. But I only see honestly that's I think would work better for me because you know a thousand dollars is an iPhone ten and a Galaxy Note eight or Galaxy S nine plus with lots of RAM. Uh, I mean lots of storage. Right. So we're, we're in that eight hundred to thousand dollar ballpark. So at that point, you know I feel like why did you cut these corners when it's still so expensive? Why not go all the way, or give us something that's two hundred fifty dollars competes with like the those awesome mid range motos, and you know, go for the price, right? Like maybe cut a few more corners, but not too many more and go for the low end. I think they uh, would have to go for the low end, honestly. I mean, I could, all, I could only imagine a USA Today headline that said $1,000 BlackBerry. Are you kidding me? I could, <laughs> I could only see that as a headline. So I, that was my reaction to what you said. I understand where you're coming from on it, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, don't you know, stop screwing around. Like, go, go all out. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe again, people are willing to pay that money because they're willing to want the best of the best and they don't care. And, and you know, a lot, maybe also a lot of enterprise customers will just spend the money. The companies will say whatever, you know, for execs or whatever. It's like it become, it'll become a statement like it used to be. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But I agree for the average person, for the people who read USA Today, no freaking way <laughs> right but a curve might do it maybe maybe and again there are people i i come across them who really like blackberry they like that keyboard they like what blackberry stands for and i say great i wish there were more of them out there for blackberry's sake but it is what it is for sure so speaking of keyboards you know what dethroned the blackberry back in the day was the fact that apple proved that you can make a glass, a keyboard on capacitive glass that works, that doesn't suck. And honestly, I type way faster on a glass screen, modern Android or iOS phone today than I do on the BlackBerry Key 2. And uh, and to me, that's why I don't want a BlackBerry Key 2 because I feel I'm still faster on a, on a glass display, on a virtual keyboard. And so, you know, Apple has done it right and showed the way, paved the way, and so, You've played with the iOS 12 preview. Yep. I haven't. And I want to kind of get your take on what's improved, what's different, what should people be looking forward to? Should What should I be looking forward to when I update my iPhone 10? Well, uh, there's, a, there's actually a lot of nice things in iOS 12, which is available now as a public beta, although I urge, I certainly urged our readers to not put it on their main phone. If they have a, an older phone laying around, they want to play with it, they could do that. But it is still a beta, so you have to be careful with that. Uh, yeah. A couple of big things that are there, uh, and any parents listening uh, to this uh, to this podcast who have kids, who like my kids are addicted to their phones. Actually, we're all addicted to our phones, not just the kids. Uh, Apple has put in uh, a feature they call Screen Time, which is something that I've been asking for as a parent for a long time. Basically, time limits right. uh, that you could apply, downtime limits uh, on particular apps or categories of apps. Uh, and and that's to me that's something that they've Apple's always had pretty good parental controls in the phones, but what was missing were these limits. And uh, so I'm very pleased that they're there. Uh, I I got a look at them uh, on iOS 12, but you need to actually have them on all all the phones for it to work. So it's not like I could test how well they work yet. But uh, right. but that's one thing that I think a lot of parents are certainly going to appreciate. It also tells all of us who are addicted to phones, you know, you can get a quick snapshot of how you're spending your time on your phone. You know, and yeah, you, how much time did you spend on which apps? Huh? Exactly. And we all kind of know it. Oh, God, we're spending too much time on Twitter or Facebook or browsing <laughs> or whatever the heck Aren't it is. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but then you see it there in black and white and, uh, you know, it. 
it can be a little sobering, I suppose. So that's one thing. It's screen time. I think that's a welcome feature. Another feature coming is group FaceTime. Uh, we're doing this on Ooh. we're doing this on Skype, um, and of course there have been ways to do um, uh, you know video conferencing with a bunch of people simultaneously. But on FaceTime, it's really been one to one, and now you'll be able to do it with up to thirty two people at once. Now I haven't gotten to try that either, uh, because again everybody at this stage would need to either be on um, iOS twelve or Mac. OS Mojave, which is the next version of the Mac, which is also in beta. So that's interesting. Let me let me mention a couple of a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. One is a lot of people out there are now using the AirPods, which are Apple's wireless um, headphones, earbuds. earbuds yeah, yeah. Yep, which one hundred fifty nine dollars. They've been a real big, people love them. People love them uh, here in New York City. Uh, you see them all over the place. Um, so and they've done really well. Apparently, uh, a surprise hit. I think. Well, if you're like me and you're in a restaurant, crowded restaurant or somewhere, and it's hard to getting hard. Maybe I'm getting old, but it's getting hard to hear some of the people you're with. Well, right. Well, if you have AirPods and iOS 12, you can actually take advantage of a live listen feature that sort of lets you turn AirPods into a hearing aid of sorts. I actually tried cool. this. I tried this in a diner. Uh, it's not a, it's not perfect. It's, if you really are hard of hearing, it's not a substitute for, for a genuine hearing aid or an implant, but it actually worked pretty well. And, uh, so there's another use for AirPods and that's part of iOS 12 as well. There are a bunch of other things they have, you know, memojis, which is kind of, you know, you know, the emojis that came with I, with iPhone 10. Oh, yes. Now you can do memojis, which basically means creating your own. Depending upon your point of view, these are either a complete waste of time or addictive. Maybe something in between. <laughs> uh, so that's there. There's a bunch of features in there. So iOS 12 has a lot of things I actually do like. Um, you know, some of the important things that are supposedly coming, although as a beta, I'm not sure we're there yet supposed to really beef up performance, improve battery, all the things we all care about. Uh, and Apple, of course, last year got into some trouble over the whole thing about slowing the I- oh, you know, iPhones with aging batteries. Uh, uh, I think it's fair. They just have, should have communicated better, just like well, you know, right. Google Google does the same all the time. Like recently, there's been an outcry in the YouTube community because they're auto-generating uh, thumbnails uh, for like 0.3% of the users. And and that means the creators who are actually sometimes hiring people to create thumbnails for their for their videos are not you know their list their watcher the people watching are not seeing these thumbnails because Google's auto generating for 0.3 percent and 0.3 percent is not a lot overall but it's still five million or so people. Yep. So so you know if Google had just asked and given the creators a chance to opt in, I mean Marques Brownlee. Uh, MKBHD just did a video on that. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, that's the same thing. Apple needs to learn to, you know, tell people what they're doing, because I think it's actually very smart to slow down your phone, you know, a little bit to, to maintain battery life as battery, as the battery ages. It's technically engineering wise, it makes sense, but maybe kind of tell people why and how you're doing it. You yeah, know? yeah. They, it was a PR problem for them, and I think they've largely overcome it. And I, I mentioned the performance not because, oh, gee, they've they've got they finally figured that out. They they knew what they were doing with that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but we all we all want better battery life. We all want a faster, zippier device. And iOS 12 uh, promises to do that. I, I was talking to a friend who put the iOS 12 beta on his iPad, an older iPad. And he said, he's noticing improvements even with the beta on the iPad. So there's promise. Cool. So there's some promise there with that. Cool. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And thanks for the rundown. That's pretty awesome. I will link to your article because it's pretty cool. It has all the stuff covered in there. So, uh, folks check it out. Um, and uh, and you know, maybe if you still have a subscription to USA Today in paper form, you can read it there. <laughs> yeah, well, you're on your front porch with your coffee in one hand. Woo! Yep, we love print. We we yeah. We, yep, but, well, print. But we you love know, look, digital I'm, too. I'm old enough to enjoy my. I do like print too. It's got it's got. There's some there's some things about it you just can't uh, you can't substitute. So, um, yeah, um. So we would kind of touched on it a little briefly earlier about these form factors that were a little odd. And 
And you know, there's rumors of a Microsoft folding phone, um, Surface phone, whatever. I mean, the reality is there's folding phone rumors from everyone. Yeah. Samsung has had one. Huawei's had one. How much, uh, you know, you're like a, you know, total pro journalist, not some, you know, tech journalist blogger that kind of like did it for fun like me and turned it into a job. So like, what does your journalistic gut tell you on this? Like, how how likely are these rumors to be true? How much of a chance we're going to see a Microsoft phone anyway? <laughs> well, we know what happened with the last Microsoft phones, right? Right. Uh, um, you know, they, they, people old enough to remember Windows phones <laughs> hasn't been that long. No. Um, look, are they working on a full? I think all the rumors are true in the sense that companies are working on it in the you know in the labs or beyond the lab stage. I think Samsung. I think it's real <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah, for I sure, they're the most likely candidate right now. Yeah, but but again, one of these maybe one of these Chinese companies beat them to it. Um, you know, it's it's not out beyond the realm. I think the rumors are true. I, I come back to what I said earlier, which is it has to be more than a parlor trick. We're all going to write about it, right? When the Samsung yeah. device comes out or, or a device from any one of these other companies that we mentioned, and maybe even somebody we haven't mentioned, when those devices come out, we're all going to go, gee, isn't this cool? Let's see what it can do. And then we're going to go beyond that and say, do I really need it? Does it really fix yeah. a problem? You know, if, that what's it addressing i guess uh, i think for me the folding phone where I, where i like the idea of it is that if you can fold it not fold it closed like a clamshell like like a razor phone used to be but more like flip it inside out so that the two the two outsides become displays um and then if you unfold it you get a bigger display right that to me that's the the, the advantage of that is that you can pick up the phone. It doesn't matter which side you're picking up, mm -hmm. right? You, mm -hmm. you get a half display that's usable for basic things like checking notification, setting an alarm, um, you know, maybe um, a selfie, whatever. And then if you want more real estate because you need to surf the web or do something a little more you know, intensive, you unfold it and you get twice the real estate. That to me is kind of like the promise of the folding phone. Anything that's not that is a gimmick and I'm not interested. And whether it's a portrait folder or a landscape folder, I'm not convinced that uh, I actually think a landscape folder makes more sense in the sense that it, it opens like a book, right? Yep. Um, and, and so we could now have some pretty compact phones in our pockets that would be usable with a half screen basically most of the time. And then you could unfold them into double screen real estate. And, and I think that's the appeal. How long is it going to take for that to work and be affordable and be reliable? I don't know. Samsung most likely to bring it. But to me, Microsoft working on that seems so odd. I mean, we know the Courier. They've been working on that for a really long time. I could see them doing a, a Surface tablet like that more than I could see them doing a phone at this point. Yeah, I mean, in terms of their hardware, tablets has been more, you know, tablets and thing. laptops are more, absolutely more their thing. Um, they have done phones, as we've talked about, but... It but seems, like it's just not in the. Well, I don't want to say it's even not in the DNA anymore. But well, I'm going to yeah, say it. I mean, it's not in the DNA anymore. I mean, honestly, it would be. I would see before we even see a folding phone from Microsoft. How can? How about a Surface phone with the industrial design of the Surface tablets? That's like a really high-end Android phone. How about that first? Like, give us that so that now I can maybe see that you're getting serious at making some phone hardware again, Microsoft. Maybe, but does Microsoft need to make, do they need I don't to think be so. in, this, in this game? But then again, do they need to be in the, in the Surface game in the first place at all? I guess not, but it, but it makes more sense to me to, have, to be in the Surface game than, than the phone game. Yeah, because point. it's running Windows and Windows is their bread and Ex butter. Exactly, exactly. Right. And you don't, nobody really wants the phone running Windows. We know that, and that's why they stopped making them. Exactly. Even though it was pretty awesome in its own way. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I would be, look, do they have something going in the lab? Probably. Of course they do. Is this something that we're likely to see anytime soon? Uh, I'm, you know, color me a skeptic. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I think this is just, you know, one of those rumors I would discard pretty quickly um, and just say, of course they are, you know. Uh, 
but yeah. And you know, some totally. companies, you know, you, you flirt with it. Look at Amazon with their phone. Um, you know, oh my God. there are companies that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, Amazon, come on. We knew that I, I don't know. I knew when they were the rumors of a phone that it could go in two directions. They were up there, you know, diametrically opposite. And it's definitely went in the direction in the bad one. Like the good one could have been awesome, but they come, I don't know what they, what they did there, but it was just bad. Yeah. And yet some of the features they had in the old fire phone, like it was it the firefly, which is very much like yeah, what yeah. we're seeing with Google lens and some other things yep. that are out there. So maybe it was the wrong time. You know, there were other issues of course, but, uh, I think it was overly ambitious and yeah. you know, the biggest mistake was that it wasn't pure and like it wasn't real Android. Like I think honestly, the only reason it works for Amazon's tablets is because they're so cheap and people don't care. They're just consuming content. So they don't really care where they, they, as long as they can install Facebook and YouTube and, and Netflix, they're happy and they can get that from the Amazon store. But anybody who wants to be anything serious is going to need real Android. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and tablets. You don't want an Android. You don't want ta Android on a tablet anyway. If you're gonna buy a tablet, you're buying you're buying an iPad. You're buying an iPad, or as you say, you're buying cheap, and you'll buy a Fire cheap. tablet. And, and then it's they a good sell and a gazillion of them. Yeah, and it's a good it's a good proposition, you know, because it's subsidized by the content, and it's great. Yep. So yeah, and then um, another rumor that I think is much more likely. Well, I mean, first of all, it's it's been stated as 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 true. Uh, but is much more likely to come to fruition because there's always the we want to do this versus we actually are going to f really do it. Uh, it's you know light the yes. company that made that 16 lens camera that costs about fifteen hundred dollars, yes, uh, which has mixed reviews, but is a really interesting concept. Um, a computational photography very much uh, in line with what's going on today in the smartphone world is supposedly working with someone on a, a Redux version of that with nine lenses. Uh, on the back of a smartphone. What do you think of that? Well, again, if you're ser really serious about photography, it, you know, what is it? What is the goal of this device? Is it going to be a really, really uh, souped up camera? I mean, a really souped up camera uh, that, by the way, is also a phone. What is it going to do? It's mm, a good question. What is it going to do that my very good smartphone of today yeah, it'll be a better camera. You know, is it a DS, a real DSLR that happens to be a phone as well? Uh, or is it something else? Uh, you know, so again, it depends what it is and, and it depends obviously how much it costs ultimately. Right. That's the it's probably I mean, going to be pricey. Yeah, well, that's true. But I mean, a thousand dollars for a flagship today is not really that uncommon. So, um, so the way I see this myself is I don't think it's going to be a camera that happens to be a phone. I really think this is going to be truly a smartphone, um, a, probably a high-end one, an expensive one. Like, kind of like the Red smartphone, right, from uh, Red, the camera maker. Oh, the, the holographic. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But I think I'm not saying it's going to be holographic. I'm just saying in the same light of like a very expensive, but, you know, what it's going to bring to the table is some unique photography features things that we can't do with even an slr today because you know multiple lenses multiple uh focus distances and zooms uh built in right that's what the light 16 brought was you know you couldn't you you had wide angles you had regular you had zoom you had all these options that you could get and you could combine them to do refocusing after the facts kind of like Lytro, but yep Basically, it opens up all this computational photography um, gravy, as it were. And, you know, it, it could be, again, like the Light 16 has not been well received. It's not really that great. So, um, but maybe they can improve the software and maybe they can, uh, you know, they can deliver something that's unique and interesting. Just like the P20 Pro is first and foremost a flagship smartphone that really hits all the boxes properly. But then, you know, brings this really unique and outstanding camera system to the table, right? Yes. So I'm kind of thinking that's what we're going to see. And who knows who the partner is going to be there. But I mean, Light has stated this. It's not like a rumor. So hopefully they can deliver and and deliver better than Light 16, in my opinion. I hope that to see that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you hit it. Who is the partner? Uh, are they doing this by themselves? Are they going to just... Is Light, <laughs> is Light is, you know, is, uh, I'm making this up. Is it going to be the Samsung phone with Light technology? It's probably not Samsung, but... 
No, but it's gonna be HTC Ed, of course. A, of course, how how can <laughs> I? Yes, of course. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> they just laid off sick fifteen hundred people. They're downsizing like crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's sad. It is sad. Again, there's so another example of a company that you know had some good good products back in the day, but just never pulled, never quite pulled it off. No, no. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh boy. Uh, but you know, at the same time, you know, uh, they're doing okay with Vive, I guess. Right? Vive yeah. is pretty well yeah. received. So Vive is well received. Yes, and uh, you know, sometime we can talk about VR and AR and all that. But uh, which, of course, we're 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 going to see more and more in phones as Apple and Samsung and others are pushing that. So Google. Yeah, I mean that's that's another big frontier that. Um, we should be seeing some good some good things from uh i mean I, I don't know i'm not convinced that people i saw somebody on the plane by coming back from europe or going to europe recently that had a, uh like an oculus go on their head oculus go is actually a nice product oh it's great but i'm just like i actually saw the first time i see somebody play vr in business class on the flight and i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> like this is happening yeah because you know i think until i mean i'm not look i'm a big believer that vr headsets should be portable not tethered to a pc absolutely that the mobile form factor for vr is the future like arm-based you know high power graphics but i do feel that it should be a standalone device i think your phone should stay in its pocket and and do its thing and you pull out these goggles that have their own compute power and might be connected to your phone for data or whatever but i feel that's the solution that's just me. Yeah, but you know, I agree. First of all, I agree with you. But but there are apps and and experiences and features w that, on your phone that are going to take advantage of AR, augmented reality. Yes. Actually, we we talked about iOS twelve. You know, there's a measure app built in to yeah. to iOS twelve. Yeah, yeah. It's a useful thing. You know, you want to. No, no, I mean AR is different. But I'm talking about like pure VR, right? Pure VR, VR yes. is just like. Yeah, I know. AR should be basically, I think it's going to be like, just like we have GPS on all our phones now, you know, within, I mean, it's already starting to happen. All the high-end iPhones can handle it. All the high-end Android phones can do, uh, you know, uh, AR core yes. or whatever. Yes. So I think, you know, we're, we're there. I mean, it's possible to now, like the, the Google measuring app is, is working now on any AR core uh, compatible uh, phone, which is a lot of phones today. Pretty much anything with Snapdragon 835, 845 can handle it. So, we're there, but I think, you know, I'm not so sure that, I think it's just going to be another feature we take for granted in a few years. Nobody will even mention the word AR when they talk, pull out their phone and overlay reality on top of, um, you know, overlay something on top of reality through the camera and the display. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that. Um, but VR is a whole other story. Uh, VR is different. And Oculus Go, it's a nice, it's a nice st first step there. Lenovo has their version of a headset, a little pricier than And HTC is so working on something, HTC right? HTC is working on something. So again, I don't think we're going to see mass market kind of numbers for any of these products anytime soon. But, but we are seeing some progress in that area. Yeah, I agree. One last thing I want to kind of uh, talk about, which is kind of cool and interesting and bizarre. Um, there's this case out there, a smartphone case prototype that's been demoed uh, and did the rounds in the media last week, I think, where basically uh, it's an airbag for your phone. It protects <laughs> it when you drop it. And basically the way it does is it by detecting free fall uh, through sensors and it's got a little battery pack built into. And then it releases these, um, these uh, solenoids that basically unlatch these spring-loaded claws that come out and they come out and curl up in such a way that they're at the, uh, the four, the eight corners of the, the 3D volume of the, the, the phone and basically end up, you know, becoming shock, shock absorbers and letting the phone bounce several times on, these, on the ends of these claws rather than scuff the corners of the phone up. A very cool and interesting idea. A little bulky still and... I'm wondering if this is going to take off and then like, 10 years from now, all our phones will have this and we won't even think twice. <laughs> the airbag for the phone. Maybe it'll be required too. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> I like the car, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, it is kind of cool. I saw, you know, uh, you know, it, I haven't seen it in person, but it, it does look kind of cool uh, and interesting. I, I, I could see people buying them just, just for the, again, parlor trick aspect of it initially. 
What I don't know is, it's not, is it like an auto airbag? <laughs> Once you deploy it, can you like fold it back up? Yeah, you can put it back in. That's the cool thing about this it's design. Not like you can an push these little claws. No, no, you can pull the claws back in and they click back into place and now uh, you're good to go. I mean, look, I think this is good. I don't ever see this going beyond the case. Like I don't see this being built into a phone simply because phone manufacturers actually want you to drop your phone. They, they, you know, they want you to buy a new one. They're in the business of selling hardware. Like, like I don't want to be cynical, but this is a reality. And honestly, a, a decent case, not even a really thick case, will most likely protect your phone today really well. Phones are pretty rugged. And, and you know, some people are harder than others on phones. Maybe if really, really hard on a phone, you're not willing to give up some of that thickness because it has a, the, the system is pretty thick. Uh, probably double the thickness of a current smartphone. If you're willing to go with that, then I think maybe this is not, it's not a bad idea. And maybe we'll see a, a bunch of copycats and or a whole series of cases from this company. Well, I'm sure we'll see copycats if this even comes close to taking off. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, again... In a, we, we talked Choice. a lot about innovation uh, yeah. and some of the things that the phone manufacturers themselves are trying. I think it's good we're seeing it with the accessories as well. Um, totally. I would look forward to playing with one. Yeah, me too. I, I hope they send me one to try out. It'd be great uh, just to see what, it like, what it's like if the you know, bulk bothers me or not. All that good all the, um, So many questions, Ed. So many questions. <laughs> and I want to ask you, how many times have you cracked the screen on your phones through the years? I have never cracked the display on a phone, oh, which really? is crazy considering I've been reviewing phones since 2004. Well, I can't, I I can't cracked, make that same claim. I have cracked the back glass on a couple of phones. Yeah. I just cracked, not like shattered. Um, and I have certainly scuffed corners and dropped phones on their corners and uh, definitely left some cosmetic damage on various aluminum and plastic phones over the years. Um, the the tricky thing in our job, as you know, is if you review a phone and you haven't taken the photos or done the video yet and you end up dropping and scuffing <laughs> it up, you need to, you end up having to beg for another review unit from the wonderful, you know, and I don't say this facetiously, I mean, they are wonderful PR people uh, to help you because you can't take photos of a phone with scuff marks. I, have, not I really... have done that. I remember doing it with a with one of the Pixels a couple of years ago where, I, where I managed to crack a... I think I cracked two of them. Oh, wow. I was very lucky back in the day. Um, but but uh, Google did supply the, uh, the phones to, to test. So I appreciated that at the time. And I thanked them all these years later. Yeah, I had that. I think Nokia and Samsung were the two that uh, I managed to break them before I got the chance to take photos and videos. And they were very generous at sending me new ones and taking the old ones back, which I'm so grateful of still years, years later. But I used to, I wish I had a nickel every time I reviewed a product through the year. Maybe you had the same experience where something went wrong, you know, and, and, yeah. and the PR person would say, Gee, that's never happened before. Yeah, exactly. And right. I would say, oh, well, I guess it's your lucky day that it happened to a journalist, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had an HTC phone years and years ago, uh, basically died during the benchmarking. It overheated and just died. Huh. And uh, and it was the only one. Like it was not a defect in the in the product. Like it was not a, a consistent thing. It, just the sample I had was bad, and they were awesome. Like they um, they took it back for engineering analysis, and they sent me immediately sent me a new one, and uh, it didn't slow me down. I was working at Engadget at the time, so obviously there was an embargo. It was pretty timely, so they were literally they dropped me uh, dropped one off for me in person, which was really fantastic. But yeah, that was the weirdest one I ever got. I was like running benchmarks and then, you know, the, and then it was dead at the end, right? Because the battery runs out. That's right. the point of the benchmark. And I was like, okay, it's dead. Like, try to turn it back on. Nothing happens. <laughs> it's really hot and nothing happens. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I tried everything, plugging it in, holding all the reset button combos, nothing. It nothing. is had a removable battery too back then. So I removed the battery, let it sit for like an overnight. And, oh my God. It was such a nightmare. But listen, um, I think we've got a show here. Thanks, uh, thanks again. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? I mean, obviously you write for USA Today, but yes. but tell them, you know, maybe they should follow you on Twitter or Facebook or wherever, sure. Instagram. Yes, please do. Uh, uh, my uh, Twitter handle is at Ed Bag, So that's at E-D-B-A-I-G, at Ed Bag. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, uh, ebag at usatoday.com. 
And uh, certainly, I hope you will uh, follow our uh, coverage on USA Today, uh, usatoday.com slash tech, P-E-C-H, uh, yep. and the newspaper as well. So, uh, you know. It's a great source of news. For me, it always gives me a reality check because, you know, you're, you're talking to an audience that's really mainstream. And it really helps me kind of like, okay, maybe I'm being a little too specific here. <laughs> well, know? we do. It is. It Honestly, it is. You know, I mean, I've been at it for a while, but it is one of the things where you don't want to talk down to a reader, and the readers are very smart. I mean, of most of our are, readers, yeah. look, everybody uses these things, and they're very smart about it. They ask good questions. So you don't want to talk down to them. At the same time, we don't get too geeky or try not to. Uh, so it's a balance, and hopefully we pull it off more times than not. Well, as I said, I will link your uh, iOS 12 story below in the show notes, and I really encourage everybody to check it out because that will give you a good feel of what this perfect balance is that Ed can reach in his stories. I like it a lot. Uh, you know where to find me. I'm at Tankerl on Twitter. That's T-N-K-G-R-L, the same handle on Instagram. That's Tankerl, like the comic book, without the the vowels. You drop the vowels, you get T-N-K-G-R-L. Um, so follow me there. Uh, you can find me on Facebook by Googling my name, Miriam Joar, Miriam with a Y. Uh, that's also my Facebook, uh, sorry, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Miriam Joar. My entire name is spelled out. You'll find some support videos to this podcast, videos of unboxings, reviews, whatever uh, strikes my fancy I'm reviewing and putting on my YouTube as a supplement to this podcast. And then... Um, Finally, um, you know, uh, you know where to subscribe to the podcast. It's mobiletechpodcast.com. So if you're listening to this for the first time and you want to subscribe, go visit that link. You'll see, uh, shortcuts to subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Pocket Cast, uh, Google Podcasts and, uh, and Slacker, Stitcher. We're everywhere. Just Google the show, Mobile Tech Podcast and my handle, Tanker, all, to, all together and you'll, uh, you'll find me. Um, I want to, before we go, Ed, uh, quickly to give a thank you to our, a sponsor that's audible audible.com great place to get ebooks um well ebooks uh i should say audio ebooks audiobooks so you know if you if you i don't know if you use audible are you a subscriber by any chance actually i am yeah I magic am. you know so many of my guests are it's kind of amazing i uh you know it's, i i take uh, i don't drive a lot uh being in the new york area but when I do, uh, and I have a little bit of time, I do listen to, uh, I listen to podcasts, certainly, and I listen to Audible uh, books. Uh, uh, so, yes, I am a subscriber. Oh, wonderful. Well, so, you know, if you're not, you are welcome to click on the link below in the show notes to join Audible. And in doing so, you'll support the podcast. Uh, uh, the link is audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. Check it out. Um, I love it for when I drive. I love it for when I'm flying because my eyes get tired in low light um, or in, you know, reading a device. Uh, so it's nice to be told the story, as it were, or read the story and uh that's what audible.com is all about so check it out uh audible.com and ed thank you so much for being on it was a pleasure i hope we can do this again soon absolutely uh it was great being with you it was a lot of fun awesome all right folks you know that i'll be back next week with another guest so stay tuned i've got some very exciting news for next week cheers everybody this has been the mobile tech podcast with tank girl proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com you can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com